Where do you go for comics new and old? Uh, garage sales? Wrong! Where do you see your favorite television and movie stars? Uh, in magazines, mostly. Wrong again! And where do you go to see the best in cosplay? Well, there are lots of different options if you're looking for something... <laughs> so incredibly wrong! Wizard World Comic Con. Wizard World Comic Con offers live entertainment and gaming, comics new and old, cosplay, toys and memorabilia, and a chance to meet your favorite television and movie stars. Meet Star Trek star William Shatner and Hellboy's Ron Perlman July 13th through the 15th in Boise, Idaho. Then meet Gotham stars Robin Lord Taylor and Sean Pertwee August 3rd through the 5th in Winston-Salem. Then meet Guardian stars Dave Bautista and Palm Clementia and the Winter Soldier Sebastian Stan August 23rd through the 26th in Chicago, Illinois. For news, celebrity updates, and tickets to future shows, go to wizardworld.com. Don't feel like paying full price? No problem. Use promo code CANDAIR at checkout. No space. (laughs) To get 10% off your tickets. So, where are you going to go for your pop culture fix? The, The internet? Oh, good answer. Really? No! Wizard World Comic Con! Go to wizardworld.com for tickets. Rangers, this is Ordon. It's time for another episode of the Canned Air Podcast. All right, it's monster time! everyone and welcome to another episode of Canned Air, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Jake Runyon. And we've got a good show lined up for you today. In this week's Retro Roundtable, we're going to be looking back into pop culture history once again. And it kind of fits the uh, theme of the week, 4th of July, I know, celebrating America. (laughs) So so it was this uh, month in 1885 that the Statue of Liberty... Was uh, had first arrived in New York Harbor. Kind of a big deal. Big deal. Big deal. Bit. And uh, part of the national identity, I would think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I thought it would be cool to point out all the different cameos Lady Liberty has had across pop culture That's movies. That's a hefty list. It really is. And uh, once you get into it, you're like, oh wow, you know, there's there's so many more than yeah. I ever thought of. Yeah, for sure. Then after that, we're gonna swing open the door to the comic vault, gentlemen. What do we have? Well, after our previous guest. Uh, started talking about the Horus Heresy series and that whole setting. I caught the bug for it. I want to talk Death Watch. A comic set in that very same universe. Death Watch. Uh, Are you talking our our last guest? Yes, Mr. Mr. Baloo. Baloo. Mm -hmm. Very good, very good. What about you, Jack? I have Soul Survivor. Comic that was on the the booth for uh, Source Point Press. I'm not sure if they're like partnered with them or not. Is it one of the titles you uh, picked up? Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, I meant to ask you what you got. I never did see. I saw you bought a handful of things, but I forgot to ask what you had bought. This one, Soul Survivor. That's one. <laughs> but you bought more than just that, didn't you? <laughs> I thought you bought uh, like three or four things. No, uh, from SourcePoint, I got this one and then uh, the newest trade of Salvagers. Oh. And then I got a handful of the, the What The Comics and then another one. I can't remember what it was. I see. I see. Very excited to hear about that. 
And then we are going to be welcoming to the show uh, colorist and visual effects artist Kevin Galligley to talk about his work on the comic Cat and Mouse, which was just recently successfully funded on Kickstarter. And uh, boy, he was fun to talk to, and I can't wait to play that interview for He's you He's a guys. busy guy. Mm. Very busy guy, but my God, I, I, his work isn't work, I can't imagine. Dude. Like, every day has got to be a joy. That man lives the dream. I'm, I'm sure there's days that, oh, uh, yeah. but still. When you love what you do, you never work a day, and you're blah, blah. There it is, when you see the final product, too. So you oh, Yeah, right? Yeah, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. But before we do all that, Jake. Social networking, everybody. It's the way of the future. And the way of the present. So why not head down to Twitter and follow us? We are at CannedAirPod. And on Instagram, we are at Canned underscore Air. Find what we do, news, updates, links to our episodes, and other things of interest. Also, if you like what we do, don't forget that we're on Patreon. So toss a couple of bucks a month our way. It goes much further than you can imagine. And if you hit that $5 threshold, you have access to our Patreon-exclusive Founders Club podcast. And if you're going to a Wizard World show... Use Candare at checkout, no space. You're going to get a cool 10% off your tickets. What's coming up next? We got a... Uh, the more, no, Boise. Boise's Boise will be one. next. It's pronounced yeah. Bois. Bois. Yeah. Bois. Bois. Um, French. Yeah. So if you plan on attending that convention... French Idahoan. <laughs> get that cool Candare discount. Candare at checkout. Comic-Con at Potato Come Town. Come on. What else? Oh, yeah, and we have a new series in the works. That what If do. Series. Yeah, follow us on Twitter, at What If Series. It's the only uh, form of, I guess, social media website <laughs> kind of thing it's there is. So we've got presence-wise presence, so yeah. far. But the i got to tell you, thank you, off to a running start, this mm-hmm. What If situation. Everything about it has taken great shape thus far. Mm-hmm. I haven't hit anything that's made me like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be doing it. Or maybe I had delusions of grandeur <laughs> here. No, it's going to be an awesome series. Uh... We're excited to unveil it. Coming together well. Anyway, at What If Series, give us a follow. That way you can be in on the loop when uh, that does drop and uh, first to get it. So, anything else, guys? No, I think that about covers it. Let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Do it. Do it. Come on. I'm here. Come on. Do it now. Oh, my God. Bad. All right. Lady Liberty. Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> That's all I could. That was the, straight to that one every time. I'm going to let you cover that one because you were talking about it. I'm so glad you did that because, I mean, obviously it's in the forefront of everyone's mind. Like, is the most prominent of next to another one. There's another one that's pretty big. Yeah. Think of what it is, either of you? Mm-mm. I'm leaning toward Cloverfield. That's one of the other one that I was thinking. I of. do have that one on my or list. Planet of the Apes. Planet of the yeah, Apes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Planet oh, there's of another the Apes. one that kind of along that lines, but not quite. What's that? Well, we'll just have to get to it. Okay. Ooh. Okay. We don't nice. want to. We don't want to get them all out yeah, in the first ten the gatekeeper seconds. Gatekeeper over here. Got to make sure. <laughs> follow protocol. Well, let's start with you, Jack. What you got? Ghostbusters too. <laughs> Is that it? No, well, no, there was no. That's not the one I was teasing about. But yeah, that's the. Do first you have one another one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What, what do you got? Uh, Spaceballs. Oh shit! Hell, how did I miss enough. that? What's that coming out of? Oh, my it's nose? only the namesake of the fucking show. <laughs> 
Oh my wow. god, how did I miss that? I mean, it's not the exact thing, but it, I mean, it's, it's enough. It close may enough. as well be. It is close <laughs> enough. Because, yeah, once they blow it up at the end, and then it, like, spins down and hits the beach, it looks just like Planet it's the of the head, <laughs> yeah. the hand holding the handle, yeah, so it looks like the Statue Oh, of my God, how did that elude me? <laughs> We're on a show Dark titled say, yeah. <laughs> Inspired by Spaceballs. God damn it. All right, Jake. I would like to talk about Cloverfield, even though I just spoiled that right now. I have it on my list, too. I've never actually seen the movie. You but know, it's, I think it's held up really well. A lot of people give it a hard time for it being that shaky-ass found footage style, mm-hmm. and I totally get it. I mean, the... the It makes me sick, personally. It, the criticisms are totally founded. I get it. If you're susceptible to that kind of thing, I cannot hold it against you that you don't like it or didn't watch it. Um, it didn't bother me so much. I guess that's not as big a deal for me. I liked the movie from the, like, ground zero standpoint. Sure. I, I like the idea of, like, being in the shit. You know, you see in these giant monster fights, you know, it's it's always like the military response or like, oh, it's us versus them. But this is like to be a civilian caught in the crossfire. I'm going off on a tangent here. This isn't about Cloverfield. This is about the Statue of Liberty which featured prominently in the ad campaign leading up to the release of the film. I was sure. going to say was, because I've never seen it, I've seen bits and pieces just to know what, I mean, how the movie was shot with it being the shaky camera, but that's all I remember was just the trailer was like the head of the Statue of Liberty yeah. just yeah. rolling, down. rolling in and yeah. smashing down. Yes. And then the first poster you see is the decapitated Statue of Liberty right, right. with this wake of destruction going from the sea into the city. And that was before anyone even knew what the creature looked like. Yeah. Hmm. So it, it was. I want to watch it, but last time I tried, I just I got really, uh, really I get sick. It. You know, like, I, I, I can deal with like paranormal activity or even the Blair Witch Project. You know, which was the same kind of concept. But yeah. Cloverfield was just all over the place. I mean, it was like they were just hanging the camera from a string <laughs> yeah. and then running. Well, yeah, there's you a know, lot of people it, just running. I mean, you can't hold a camera still if you've got a bunch of people mm, running up and down. It makes me wonder. Not that it has to be still, but just a little bit more steady. I've seen programs that'll take a snippet of video or a GIF or something and uh, stabilize it. The borders will adjust so that the image itself sure. is mm-hmm. centered up. I wonder if someone's taken it upon themselves to stabilize that movie. And would it be more hmm. watchable? There'd still be a lot of motion, a lot of whipping back and forth. Yeah, that's. I don't know if you could just for that very reason. There's nothing. I think that kind of software uh, relies on like a, a focal, like a central oh, point yeah, yeah, to that makes focus sense. on and base its frame around. And if it's just jarring back and forth, I don't yeah. think it could work. I follow. But again, I, I'm not an expert in these fields, <laughs> and the technology we have today can probably happen, Jake. Who very knows? Well. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, it just the, they sold that movie on the fact that you're going to see something capable of casually tearing the head off the Statue of Liberty. So. Sure. Um, I guess mine. I have a few I want to mention, but uh, the first one will be X Men, the first X Men movie. Yes. When uh, Magneto turned the torch into Holy the hell, you're device right. that yeah would we'll turn everybody into a mutant. I completely forgot to, uh, that's where the the base of that device was. Yeah, huh? Yeah, and then uh, the Wolverine and Sabretooth fight on the Fighting head on of the it. Head. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was a cool scene all around. When you go back and watch it, it's it's, it's funny. Bad. It's dated. Yeah, yeah, it's dated, but. <laughs> At the time, man, it was so... I, I saw that movie like four times in the theater when it came out. I was all... No, it was oh, a big yeah. deal when it came out. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. So good. But I always hated when Wolverine was spinning around the, yes! the thing. Like The animation was horrible. Could, well, not only that, but just the physics of it. I mean, if you're sitting there spinning around... 
take a knife and you it would cut cut off. around the carrot. You're going to cut the carrot off. Yeah. But did it ever? I uh, I don't know if they ever showed that end actually fall off after he came full way around. But I don't think it did. But. The animation, like where his claws actually grabbed onto the spike, looked horrible. Yeah. It was so bad. <laughs> it's amazing what they could get away with in terms of quality for big blockbuster pictures back then. I mean, his claws are supposed to just make butter of anything, right? Yeah. I mean, they yeah. wouldn't grab; they would just That's go the right idea. through it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I did like how he put his claws through himself to mm-hmm. the cut of himself free himself. Right. Yeah. That's from, a ballsy yeah. move. Yeah. Anyway, enough about X Men. Jack, what's next on your list? This one I can't remember if the Statue of Liberty was in it, but on the the poster of it, of course she was. But uh, the day after tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, in Cloverfield and in that movie, I think the Statue of Liberty has always made a prominent uh, feature to show scale, you know? Yeah. in the case of the monster and in the case of like the uh, the the water you know the the ocean frozen around it and it was all the way up to where like her almost chest or something oh like that. was it, it was really like, yeah she was almost half I've buried. never seen that movie either yeah, I yeah. saw it for a dollar <laughs> that movie seemed to try to cash in on the disaster wave long after that wave had collapsed yeah. and moved on mm. and I, I tell you what there <clears throat> Is something you only see in movies like The Happening, where you've got these atrocious running from weather scenes, <laughs> <laughs> where they're just like sprinting across the snow. I feel like we gotta go, we gotta get it. South Park, I was just you know, gonna say, hit yeah. it right on the head. Global warming's coming. Oh, <laughs> we should've listened. We should've listened. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Just getting caught by nothing. Just <laughs> laying there with nothing happening around him. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Just so totally convinced there's some shit happening. <laughs> the power of oh. the mind. <laughs> oh, Jake, what do you got? Uh, let's talk about a movie that's bad really quick. I love the first Men in Black. Not a fan of the second one. No, the second no, one was yeah. bad. I thought the it one felt thing really, that they, as much as I love Rosario Dawson, and I do, that oh, one yeah. felt pretty flat. She was awesome in Clerks too. Um, yeah. The one thing I love about that movie was it showed a side to Michael Jackson that I didn't think existed, where he was able to kind of laugh at himself because he played an alien agent, like an alien undercover. He was. It was a cameo, mind you. Was he in the second? I remember in the first one, he was on the TV screen. I thought that was the second one. No, that no, was the, that first, was the first, one. first one. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, was yeah, it? Yeah, no, he, he was like petitioning to join the Men in Black. You get yeah. a little snippet, he's like, I could be Agent M. Yeah, that's right, yeah. It, I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought no, it was a great little... Because uh, nice. that's... I never... They were implying he was like an alien, right? Like an undercover alien. Certainly, because yeah, there were so yeah. many people that... Or there was more oh, yeah, aliens that was, you really knew about. So I love that he can like... That. Actually, he could. He was able to laugh at himself yeah, a little bit. A little bit and, of self awareness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I, I thought that was the second movie. I, no, that was the first one. All right. Yeah, the second right. one did suck, though. Yes, that's true. <laughs> the second one was horrible. Yeah, yeah. it was bad. Um, but uh, the third one. Did you see that one? one? I. The end of it was. Oh, that, that pulled was on good. your heartstrings and a little bit. I, I yeah, it did. fucking love Jermaine Clement. Everything he does is gold. Was so, is that who played the villain. young? Oh yeah, yeah. He no, was Josh good. Brolin was young K. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and he was. Oh my god, he was spot on. God, he, he was, was like huh. a doppelganger. Yeah, but at the end of the second Men in Black, uh, if you made it that far, you you realize there's a super macro neuralizer hidden in the torch of the Statue of Liberty. Uh, that's right. Which seems like the kind yeah. of thing they'd fall back on a little more than they did, but whatever. 
and uh, it blanks the memories of uh, the whole city. So what if That's you were... right. What is with this yeah. thing that the Statue of Liberty is like the perfect platform for a super weapon? It's a shitty bronze statue. <laughs> How would that work if you were in the basement? I mean... Because she looks it's a giant holding a sword skyward <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if, Jake, you'll be old enough to remember, but you certainly probably have seen pop culture reference uh, in the early 90s. David Copperfield always trying to make that fucking thing disappear. Oh, That's yeah. Right. I am and aware of that. Yeah. I remember like primetime specials. I don't know if you do. Or like they have like a two hour block where he did a show on Ellis Island and then they, mm-hmm. the, the, the finale was he'd make it disappear. Yeah. And they did that with other things too. I like, <clears throat> I don't remember what though. Trucks, yeah. elephants, I think. Boats at one point and there shit was an like elephant. that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, they eventually told how they did it, but. I mean, that was... I mean, I remember Smoke watching it on TV. Smoke and mirrors. Sorcery. Speaking of smoke and mirrors, I saw today... On, I, I know we've heard rumor, but I saw on Twitter today that Jake Gyllenhaal is set for, for Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. And that they actually has a name. I don't remember what it was Far called. Far From Home. Is that what it's called? That's... What's his name? Tom Holland? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He... Yeah, there was an Instagram video where... He was saying, he was talking something like that, and he had an iPad, and he held it up, and it said Spider-Man Far From Home. Ah. But he also... Cool. So, like, he, like, leaked it? Yeah, he did the same thing with the Avengers, too. <sighs> he was... It was a video of him opening up uh, a letter that was from... What's his name that plays the Hulk? And he picked... He pulled it out, and he was like, oh, cool, it's a poster. And he looked at the back and read it, so you could see what the poster looked like, the name of the Infinity War. And they said, oh, here, Tom, just hope, thought you'd like to see this poster. You know, keep it under wraps. And he was just like, oh, shit. And he, all of a sudden, the video shut off. So he accidentally oh. leaked that out, too. So I don't know if this was a publicity right. thing that he did it again. Is he following orders, or is he just yeah. Well, I've heard ass. they keep him at the end of a short short uh, just story. They, they're giving just barely enough information. Mm-hmm. And, like, if it's funny. If you get on YouTube, there's, like... People have made compilation videos of like him and uh, Benedict Cumberpatch out on like interview tours, and like <laughs> Benedict will have to reach over. And be like, oh no 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 don't no don't say that. It's funny to watch. <laughs> He's a kid; he can't keep secrets. Yeah. Oh my Especially god! Big ones like yeah, that. but Jeez. if he keeps doing it, it might cost him. You know, yeah. it might cost him his job. Maybe not. Maybe not. The world loves him, right? Yeah. I was. I, I hated Homecoming, but I got to tell you, I'm excited for that next one. I just want to see Mysterio. Dude, that's... Yeah. When it comes to Spider-Man villains, I got, oh. a, I got a soft spot for Mysterio. They better do that bowl right. They've they got it. They've got it. Yeah. They, they're doing so well. well because that's, that was... That's not so like stupid. a Mr. Freeze type thing. <laughs> like when yeah. he would lift, like, pick the ball up off of his shoulders and, like, roll it down his arms or something or throw it at Spider-Man and that mm-hmm. would project an illusion. Whatever it was, you know, it was so cool. It was not just a part of his costume, but like a part of his character. Right. Yeah. Now, what, remind me, was it the Turtles arcade game where you're watching in the beginning April O'Neil do a news report and we see Krang, giant Krang body fly in behind her, grab the Statue of Liberty and then fly away with it? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't that. remember that, no. It's in one of those games. Probably the second one. Mm, was it? Because the third it's... one was called the Manhattan Project, and that one Shredder stole all of Manhattan, like into a floating island. That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it had uh, Turtles in Time was the second one, wasn't it? An arcade. Was that the one? It couldn't have been Turtles in Time. That makes no you know sense. what? It could have been. It was. Was it? It was Turtles in Time because that's it right there. 
and for the listeners at home, I'm referring to screenshots. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> there he is. Yeah. The giant crane. It was Turtles in Time. I was thinking okay. it was the original one. I'm sorry. Well, there you go. And that was the whole plot of the game, right? To find <laughs> him and get the Statue of Liberty back. We had to run across Why? time to find him. When you see it in real life, it's a lot smaller. That's what I hear. Heck yeah, it is. So I'm not, like, chomping at the bit to see it. I was excited. Like, That's it? We were <laughs> flying to... Uh, we ended up having a, a layover in Newark. And we happened to be on the left side of the plane, thank God. And Misty was like, yeah, look, there's Statue of Liberty right out there. And I was like, where? Yeah. yeah, it's just this little teeny tiny thing. And she's like, yeah, a lot smaller in person. Because you like, expect it to be towering. And yeah. I mean, you know, everything you see it in, it's like enormous. And I'm sure it is, but I don't think it's as big as Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe it is as big as that, but. I yeah, some of the smaller buildings, not the big, big I It was just so. tall enough to look down in the skylight of the Met, so. Yeah. It's got. Okay. I'll give it to you, Ghostbusters. <laughs> you, you did okay. You, you, you gave this one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you guys have anything else? I do. Uh, how about the gorgeous, iconic poster for Escape from New York? Oh, yeah. oh wow, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. One of the most... Uh, people were crying foul with the Cloverfield ad campaign because it so closely mirrored that imagery. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. right. Well, yeah, he just bowling balled it down. But what a fucking gorgeous image that is, you know? They, again, it just... It's to project to the audience the level of severity of the situation. Mm-hmm. She's the she's the high water mark, sometimes yeah. literally, for how fucked everything is. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's funny how centralized uh, comic books, expect you know Marvel. I mean, how, how centralized Marvel is in New York City. <laughs> yeah. But you don't see a lot of uh, reference, at least in these movies, of if any at all, of the Statue of Liberty no, that mm-hmm. I can think of. I've never even seen it in a shot. Have you? No. Certainly not that I can remember. Maybe in the Iron Man movie, like when he's first test flying his uh, first suit. I know that he flew around some landmarks. And he was in California. Well, I guess he was flying around all over the place, but he was based out of California in the movies. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. Well, whether you saw it or not, in Avengers, at least, we can say it almost got nuked, so. True. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I can think of it several times in the comic books, obviously. And I remember in the Spider-Man games that are Free Room New York, uh, like always, that being one of the places you got to swing to. And then I would try to climb out to the very tip of one of her spikes and like hang upside down from the very end of it, like on a web, and mm-hmm. then spool all the way to the ground. <laughs> and sometimes, uh, the first game there wasn't, but the, the second time they, Spider Man Two was the first time they had the free roam. In that game, mm-hmm. you couldn't. But in Spider Man Three, you like could be influenced by wind and by mm. uh, something hits you, you'd start rocking back, swinging back and forth, so it could get really out of hand. It was fun. All right, is that it then? Have we tapped the well? Is everything... I, know, I think I got one more. What's what we got? You guys remember Grand Theft Auto 4 when that came out? Which yeah. is still my favorite Grand Theft yeah. Auto. I think the one I had the most fun with, in spite of all the fun we've had with 5. Um, and the statue... Well, their equivalent of the Statue of Liberty, I think it was called like the Statue of Happiness or some such <laughs> bullshit. It's got like a Frappuccino in one hand. You could actually get inside the thing, and there was this could grotesque, you really? yeah, like Cronenbergian beating heart on the inside, secured by chains. I remember that. Yeah. Yes, I remember. It was like a, a Easter egg kind yeah, of thing, yeah, because yeah, yeah. the entrance was kind of hidden, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, it was hard to get to, yeah. 
you had to like somehow jump yourself up onto this ledge or get a rock like the could you get the jetpack in that game i don't know all i know is the first time i played online my buddy crammed me into a helicopter and took me immediately to the statue yeah. of liberty so there was no build up to it i was just like oh yeah that's cool i forgot about that yeah you're absolutely right <laughs> but after that that's all i got I know there's probably a million forgetting, yeah. but if we have forgotten any, please let us know on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, anywhere else. All of these things. Well, we forgot they one work. of them. Sprunch. You're going to start with Spaceballs. You might as well end oh, with favorite. Planet of the Apes. Well, we mentioned it right at the beginning. Yeah, it was mentioned. Well, we mentioned it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't have really anything else to mention. Again, satisfying that criteria where, like, it's the measurement of how destroyed the world is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially in that movie, you know, I mean, <laughs> the only surviving relic, you know, yeah, of humanity. America. <laughs> America. <laughs> All right. And with that, we have t-shirts, people. T-shirts for sale. <laughs> nice, buttery transition into That's how t-shirts. we do. That's how we do here at Candare. You go to society6.com forward slash Pod. To not only get that tasty T-shirt, but some decals. Uh, what else we got, guys? Coffee mugs. Coffee mugs. Wall clocks. Wall clocks, not those pesky bathroom rugs. Floor clocks that you're always stepping Garbage. on. Garbage. Who's a new that? product? Or the oh, ceiling that I've been clocks. thinking about. What's that? Coasters. Ah, uh, I would buy a ton of those. What are these coasters made of? I'm not sure. I just saw that they're vibranium. Doing, yeah, doing coasters, but I don't, I'm not sure what they're made of. If they're gonna be like some little corkboard, cardboard. Let us hold thing. your drink this summer. Yeah. What about koozies? They have koozies oh, on there. Man, probably not yet. I love me a good koozie. Canned air could be a koozie. That'd be pretty cool, one, yeah. Koozie. Fuck air. yeah, it would mm. be. I Keep your can one. of liquid and air because it fills up with air as you drink your liquid. <laughs> That was a solid joke. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it cozy in the koozie at Candare. So once more, that's society6.com forward slash Candare pod. Go get your koozie, maybe, uh, your coasters, your wall clocks, and more importantly than t-shirts. It's all about the shirts. All right, let's swing open the door to the comic vault here. I want to go first. All right. Okay. I want to talk about Death Watch. Let's do it. Now... To talk about the story that takes place in this series requires a fair amount of background knowledge of the setting. That's hard to condense into the segment, so I want to sell you on the concept here. Uh, however familiar you, are, familiar you are with the Warhammer setting, that whole world, you know, with the tabletop game and the books and all of that, the, the Cliff Notes is this is the distant, distant, horrible future of humanity where we're assailed on all sides by alien creatures and weird interdimensional horrors, and there exists an organization called the Death Watch, made of, like, nine-foot genetically engineered psychic super soldiers in powered yes. armor, whose job it is to go to alien homeworlds, destabilize their civilizations, and commit small-scale genocide upon any outside threat to humanity. Mm. And in this way, boy, they put in some fucking work. And it's tremendous. This is the kind of thing you read if you want, like, a raw dose of testosterone. You know, it, it almost gives you that that sense of, of Rambo satisfaction, you know, just to watch killing machines doing their job. Sure. And uh, this particular comic takes place on a world where when the storm clouds move in, they rain a corrosive fluid. So humanity has uh, constructed this sort of atmospheric dome 
to keep out the acid, and it's got a controlled atmosphere within, but it gets invaded by what? Space orcs. Why oh, not? no. <laughs> yeah. Who crush the dome, letting in a torrent of acid and immediately set about looting and destroying the city. Just so happens a detachment of the Death Watch, this alien hunting organization, is there trying to eliminate this clutch of creatures called Urghuls. They kind of look like blind vampires. They're fast and scary and blood-hungry and just kind of a general bump-in-the-night kind of monstrosity. And they get caught up in this nightmare situation. So now it's them, a band of, I think it was five soldiers, against probably tens, if not hundreds of thousands of these space pirate orc marauders. And uh, what ensues is just this fantastic asymmetrical warfare you know, because it doesn't matter how souped up and heavily equipped you are, when you're facing down that kind of horde, you have to make some concessions. And there's a fantastic line in this particular installment that's something like, uh, staying hidden is not, what was it? Staying hidden is not practical, practical. staying alive will have to suffice, you know? So they're kind of <laughs> picking their battles where they can. And uh, it's well worth it for anyone who's into sci-fi or just violence in general, and especially if you're into the Warhammer setting. So I go. caught the bug after our previous guest was talking about Horus Heresy. So if you're familiar with those books, <laughs> again, takes place in the same setting. Go and check it out. It is, I guess it's worth mentioning that it was written by Aaron Dembski Bowden, who's like one of the more celebrated writers of fiction in this setting. Uh, artist is, I'm going to mispronounce this, but Tazio Batin, Batin? T-A-Z-I-O-B-E-T-T-I-N Colored by Kevin Enhart So yeah, check it out, Death Watch It is thoroughly badass You know, it's funny uh, On that last episode with Caleb The second he said Warhammer I thought, uh oh (laughs) I'm gonna be be quiet for quite a while (laughs) Nothing to contribute I've got a little bit of a weakness for that shit (laughs) (laughs) Alright, very good, very good Jack I have Book called Soul Survivor from Soul Survivor. how would you pronounce that? Is it Sharon or Char- Sharon? Oh, see that drives me fucking nuts because it could be in like the one. proper Greek. I I know someone from Greece, a family friend. I think it's like Chiron or something. But I've always said Charon. <laughs> Char- yeah, that's what I was about so to say. So Charon comics, Charon comics. Charon. I've heard it pronounced Sharon, and Char- that drives Char- me nuts. So, Karen, Sharon Comics, I don't know <laughs> if they're partnered up with uh, Source Point Press, but I found this on their at their booth, and Bob Sally, the creator of Salvagers, handed it to me and said I should read it, and I'm glad he did, because it was very, very good. Really? And it takes place, you know, of course, sci-fi, long time, or far from now, and you know, almost every sci-fi story, humans are looked at like the baby race. Oh, yeah. They never know anything. Well, apparently in this series in this world we were number two of taking over everything there was some huge war that somebody i don't even know they don't go into it very much like we won the technological race in the galaxy we we would have but someone else came and wiped us all out Mm. and the book starts out with a, a guy that he's dressed up in some kind of soldier gear whatever to keep him alive on the planet and he wakes up from being unconscious doesn't know what happened ends up going to a city that was right close to him to find out that it was burned and decimated. He sees a couple of soldiers, enemies that start shooting at him, so he runs and hides. Cuts to five years later. Uh, spaceship lands. Uh, the crew gets out, and the captain is yelling at one of the crew members, saying, you stole from me, you're going to die here. 
Well, they end up finding the human there, and the, the captain's like, well, what, you guys can uh, fight it out. The one that kills the one that kills each other can come with us. <laughs> so they get in a fight. The human kills the, the guy that was uh, thieving from the crew. He gets up on the ship, and they take off. And they're pretty much going to keep him in hiding because there's not supposed to be any humans around anymore. Mm. So he's going to be a big target, and he could be really bad for the crew, so... It's pretty much Uh-oh. where it left off. Yeah, it was really good. The artwork is freaking awesome. I'm already too. digging the cover. Yeah, it looks yeah. really beautiful. Wow, very good. Another but solid title from Source Point Press. This came out last year, so issue two. It says summer of 2018, so it might be in the works or almost out now. I'm not All sure, right. but I definitely want to look more into that one. It's pretty good. And that's Soul Survivor. Soul Survivor. S O L. Like the sun. The crew that picks up the. The human, they ask him what his name is, and he says, Soul. Uh... So I, I, after reading that, I was like, well, is it Christ. Saul? I mean, Saul. Soul Survivor sounds more, it works better for the title, like the but I don't soul know. soul system, you know, yeah. where we come from. Either way, it looks awesome. Yeah. Hell yep. yeah. Very good. Looks really good. Sweet. And now joining us to talk about his work on the comic Cat and Mouse, which was just recently successfully funded on Kickstarter. We welcome Kevin Gallagher. Thanks so much for being with us, Kevin. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. So I'm uh, curious to hear more about Cat and Mouse. We looked a little bit at the artwork that was on sure. Kickstarter, and it looks amazing. It looks really good. Um, you know, it looks like the story is going to measure right up to the artwork. Can you tell us a little bit about this comic? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um First of all, uh, it, what's really great about putting this together is uh, the four of us that put it together were all Malibu Comics alumni, and we're all wow. very skilled. And I'm trying to think. Uh, I was asking Roland if we had done, if anyone from Ma- uh, Malibu had uh, put together something, and uh, just from purely Malibu veterans, and uh, we don't think this has happened before. So. What's really neat is we've got um, really great artists, uh, Dean Zachary, the penciler, Barbara uh, Kalberg, uh, the inker, of course, Roland, the writer. Uh, he's got years of experience and writes really cool stories. And uh, me on color, and that's something I really love to do. So, um, yeah, it's it's a really cool storyline. It's got a lot of mysterious um, atmosphere. That's what really drew me to it. And... Um, I could get more into the story, but I also want to keep at that a mystery as well. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> and somewhat a mystery. I got to get, I got, you know, of course, Roland is the writer. Right. So I'm, he can elaborate a lot better than I can. Right. And, you got to give him a reason to buy it, right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no, it, what really drew me to it uh, was Roland reached out. And um, I've I've gone on and, and done other things in my career. I've worked in animation, and now I'm currently uh, doing matte painting uh, in live action visual effects. And, but the appeal to work on a comic book, and also to work with really good artists, that was a big sure. key. Because I, I I've been offered many things that I've said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to do that because, frankly, yikes. Uh, but this. This was like, wow, I saw some of the artwork. I'm like, yeah, of course I got to be involved in this. This is right up my alley uh, with the uh, some of voodoo elements, the New Orleans setting, um, a lot of mist and graveyards and and, <laughs> and mystery. It's uh, it's a cool book. Uh, we're, we're, 
uh, we're really happy with how it's turned out. It, it got funded, and, and like you said, and and, uh, and now it's uh, it's being printed, and uh, we're we're excited. It, it looks great. And as you should be. I mean, your guys' credentials speak for themselves. Yeah, All serious. four people from Malibu Comics. I mean, anyone who knows comics, especially in the '90s, come on, that's, well, that's then, a big thing. That was my first job out of art school, and uh, I had heard wow. a lot and about. Um, the color department, uh, Malibu had a reputation for not only cool characters and stories, but really pushing it with uh, new techniques and, and just making books look better and better and better. So we kind of wanted to just pick up where that left off almost and just got right back to it. It was, it was a good feeling stepping back into that? Very good feeling. Um, uh, especially after the first few pages started coming in and, and we started going, oh, my gosh, we've got like a quarter of this book finished. And, and it was fun. You know, uh, Dean would uh, tease with a page how it's come along and get us all excited. Barbara would get excited about inking it. And then she would ink it and then tease us as how that's coming along. And then I get all excited and then it comes to me and then I put my touches on it and and uh, send it back and we're we're it's like a feeding frenzy we're all feeding off of each other's energy and uh inspiring each other and i think it's going to show in the work that's a good team you know that's a that's a tremendous dynamic you have there and i find most of the people we talk to these comics often you know indie offerings you get these people are like oh i'm the inker colorist writer i also chop down the trees and create the paper you know there's this sort of (laughs) desperate jack-of-all-trades feel i I like the idea that you guys have this nice well-oiled machine and on that note i wanted to ask as the colorist someone upon whose shoulders like so much responsibility falls how much instruction do you get versus how much free reign do you have to to color things in the tones that make sense to you well what's really been nice about this i think we've all subconsciously are on the same page. Um, I got color notes about specific things about costumes that uh, Roland and Dean both had in mind. Uh, And also uh, there's some characters that show up from the past uh, that are, you know, I don't want to say reboot, but uh, they they live. Um, And I want to be specific. I can't all of a sudden give them a totally different uh, look. So, uh, but beyond that, I just was allowed to go with my gut. And um, for the most part, yeah, it was just like, wow, that looks great. Continue. Uh, Or there may be a a little specific note on something that's specific to the story. But um, other than that, I've pretty much had a free reign and it's been great. Wow. You know, coming from a position of no experience with this kind of thing, I can only imagine that's like an ideal scenario. Uh, it doesn't come around very often, and yes. <laughs> so this Cat and Mouse you uh, had just mentioned is, is a reboot of sorts from uh, a mm-hmm. run in the 90s, correct? Yeah, it actually started as early as the late 80s into the oh, very wow. early 90s. And, I mean, we're talking the only color was uh, it was the cover was the color. <laughs> so oh, wow. um, it's come a long way, um, and... Yeah, if you take a look at some of those old ones, uh, they, they had a neat following, but I think we have the potential to build on that following. And it's some... Re- hmm? I'm sorry, I, I cut out and I thought you stopped talking. Okay. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Continue. 
Oh, I have lots of dramatic pauses in my <laughs> talking. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I think we're going to be building on the fan base that was there originally because we'll have. Uh, it, it's a similar in theme, although uh, Roland will expand on the characters. Cat and Mouse are new characters. The old ones were retired, but. Um, these are oh, new characters. I see. The, yeah, the the feeling is the same and uh, the, the flavor, uh, but I think it'll just be tastier. So it's the same universe, just times pass, and there's new characters filling these roles. Yes, uh, Roland once again. Uh, he's uh, said uh, he's retired the original Cat and Mouse in, in Japan, uh, and because that, that was a big debate whether to bring them back or uh, start fresh. And it's kind of fun to be able to start with all new, well, not all new characters. Like I said, there will be some uh, classics that come back. So, but it is nice to kind of start fresh. That's really cool. I know personally, I, I love that kind of continuity when you've got a world that evolves rather than just being swept under the rug while a new one's created. It's like having Batman yeah, exactly. from back in the day still running around, you know, <laughs> yeah. pass it on to somebody else. Sure, I that's, you know, like Batman uh, Beyond, I guess. You know, yeah, exactly. Yep. The man of Batman. You right. know? That's, that's the only reason I ever watched that show because <laughs> it still <laughs> fell in that good show's universe. You know, I, I haven't even thought about that one for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I have to imagine uh, a person in your position, you said you got your start in comics and, you know, you've gone on to do uh, visual effects works on like Gotham, Agents uh, of S.H.I.E.L.D., Stranger yeah. Things. I mean, just to uh, name that. a few, this has got to be surreal. I mean, your inner child has always got to be just ecstatic. <laughs> I love to think that I'm uh, living uh, what would have been a mod's ultimate uh, life. I went to school. I've worked on Batman um, you know, I mean, it just continuing. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like a big kid uh, when I playing in a very expensive toolbox <laughs> or toy box. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it is. It's I, I am very blessed that I get to do what I, I'm doing. Um, and yeah, and <laughs> Stranger Things. What was fun about that is we we're working on this thing going what this is interesting this is weird not knowing anything about it it's uh, you know right. we're just working on some shots by the way i'm partially responsible for barb's death sorry what <laughs> yeah i was part of that scene where she goes in the pool sorry well this has been a fun interview <laughs> it's a shame. we'll talk to you later kevin <laughs> oh that is freaking amazing i mean wow not only working yeah, on the show, got... but responsible for like the biggest happens in plot it, yeah. point in season one. Wow, <laughs> very cool. Yeah, it, it, well, I, I must say my best, my funnest scene that I did in Strange Things was the very last when uh, he's uh, burping up the uh, little uh, bugs into the <laughs> yeah. sink, uh, and then the upside down shows up for a split second. That's my stuff. So uh, wow. yeah, that is fun. We are smitten, sir. <laughs> 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 Well, that's absolutely amazing. It's a uh, man. How, what a cool job you have! Many cool jobs you've, that you've had. So, yeah, with, I appreciate it. Thank you. With Cat and Mouse, you know, having just yeah. been successfully funded then on Kickstarter, how soon can yeah. uh, we mm -hmm. expect to see this on shelves, or how can people get their hands on it? We are shooting uh, to have all Kickstarter obligations done uh, 
we're shooting for mid-July. I believe everything has been printed. I am, and what we're doing because we all live in different parts of the country. Some of the uh, the um, uh, for donation levels or, or uh, donor levels uh, was autographed cards, autographed covers. So what we're having to do is ship them to each person, sign them, ship them to the next person, and uh, and so on. And that's the. Uh, the uh, trading cards as well, all the little perks that we added as we were trying to uh, extend it. Uh, so um, yeah, production has been, is running right along. And I think what helped the Kickstarter was the fact that we were pretty much finished with the book before we even started the, the, the Kickstarter to get it funded. Um, now, Poland uh, will have uh, a site uh, that I believe he will uh, make available to, to be able to purchase. And of course, it, we'd love to get it in stores as well. That would be the ultimate goal. Uh, we're still working on that. So we're just happy that we're going to be able to have uh, issue one ready to go soon. Right. And I'm excited to see it. Like we saw, like sure. those previews we've seen were amazing. And uh, for everyone, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, those, I'm sorry. Uh, those are actually in some of those were still evolving as well we put them up there and then we you know we, we need to make a little change here so uh it's uh, uh it's a cool process absolutely and uh, you guys approach it the, the correct way you know having the book finished i know that it isn't always an option for people uh who when are it is to fund the comic but yeah. selling a completed product has got to be yeah, hundred times easier than selling a concept. Well, it's easier on both ends. Absolutely. It's easier sure. for the backer too. You're like, oh well, they've already got it done. I'm not going to be waiting two years for this thing. Quick turnaround time. Yeah, you know, what do exactly. they say? Back and forget on Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. It's always nice <laughs> when you don't have to. <laughs> and um, one, uh, it was funny while the Kickstarter was going. If you'd look up, oh, Cat and Mouse under comics, there was another book that was. Uh, was trying to make a book at some point and their kickstarter failed miserably because they didn't have anything to show they you know mm. uh, roland did a great job filling people with confidence and yeah this is this is happening and you're gonna get all this cool stuff yeah for sure and it's happening <laughs> well, you're only as good as your word on a format like yeah. that yeah, that's the truth. But this is this is going to be awesome. I cannot wait to read this. And uh, Kevin, I want to thank you again for taking time to uh, talk with us. Uh, do you have like a Twitter handle or anything we can find you? At? Uh, I I don't have a Twitter handle. I do have uh, my own uh, website, uh, Ooh, which okay. you would think would be my name, and ultimately I should. But it's the Tacky Tiki, T I K I, as in hey, that's a nice tiki necklace. The the tacky tiki dot yeah. com and that's got if you want to see Barb fall in the pool and I've got some of that stuff on there too. Oh who doesn't? <laughs> oh, we are going right there, sir. I can't wait. You know I'm gonna I'm gonna go check my numbers. You know, <laughs> They're looking at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Well, Kevin, all right, well, I really appreciate that. Thank you. No, thank Thanks you so much, and congrats to all you guys. And uh, we can't wait to read it. Stay in touch with us. Yeah, thank you very much, and hopefully talk soon. All right, everyone, and once again, that was our interview with Kevin Gallagher. Had no idea he had so much under his belt mm-hmm. when we uh, first got him. On, He's got his hands on in the phone. a lot of relevant, incredible things yes. that are happening yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely want to get him back on the show. He was definitely a cool person to talk to, and uh, 
obviously most of us have seen his yeah. work but yeah check this out um again cat and mouse keep an eye out for it the kickstarter page is still up which shows an awful lot about the project and also visit the tacky tiki.com we'll put, <laughs> I forgot that was... we'll put links to that uh up as well so Indeed. um i think that does it for this week so does. jake or god i did it backwards now yep, you did it backwards Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can check out some of our special guests, listen to the show, follow us on our social media, visit the Hall of Heroes, see the Wall of Justice, check out some of the videos from our YouTube page, click on that merch button, and if you have any comments, send them, uh, send them to us on our contacts page. And once more, we are at cannedairpod on Twitter and at canned underscore air on Instagram. Check us out on Patreon if you like what we do. And if you're attending a Wizard World convention, Candair's got your back with that sweet 10% off code, Candair, no space, get that 10% off at checkout. Think of it as free parking. Yeah, I mean... That's a good point. Yeah, (laughs) we got got hit hard on (laughs) Candair fund with parking expenses this past... uh, In my mind, there is a bloody sledgehammer with the word parking scratched onto the side of the head. Uh, and once again, uh, keep an eye out for the new What If series we have coming. Find us on Twitter and follow us at What If Series. We're going to get other social media handles that you might be more familiar with up and going here uh, as we move along. But uh, until then, Twitter's the place to be. So give us a follow. Stay in the loop uh, for when uh, that show launches. Very excited about it. And uh, I think that does it. Happy 4th of July. Be careful, everyone. And until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Jake Runyon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Everybody head for the hills. The demon boredom is coming this way. Run! Run! Oh my god! Hey everybody, what's all the commotion? The demon known as boredom is coming this way, pillaging the land. Run, young one, run! I'm not scared. I've got the power of Canned Air Podcast on my side. At CannedAirPodcast.com, you can get the scoop on new episodes, watch movie trailers, and go to the Canned Air Video Game Store comic book store and movie store you're crazy kid i'm out of here <laughs> you all suffer the wrath of my boredom let me just pull up cannedairpodcast.com on my mobile device and eat this boredom <laughs> he saved us the boy saved us yeah! Thanks to you, we'll never be bored again. Don't thank me. Thank CandairPodcast.com. Check us out on Patreon if you like what it says. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains. We'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.